Today on the Zabecast, the Aaron Rodgers' miffed story just ain't going away. My only question is, is it because it's true or that there's just nothing else good to talk about? Andy Poland joins me. He recounts the time in which current NFL players would play charity basketball tournaments in the offseason. That plus the curious case of Jameis Winston, now a league minimum third stringer in New Orleans. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Thursday, April 30th, 2020. Thank you for joining me and enjoy this, the last day of April, or as we like to call it, March 61st, (laughs) as we head into the month of May, which we hope and I think is going to be a month of great movement in a very positive direction. Fingers crossed, let's not get ahead of ourselves. So, another day, another log on the fire on the Aaron Rodgers is miffed story regarding the drafting of Jordan Love. By the way, Rodgers has yet to speak publicly since Love was drafted. He has reached out to Love, but only Love confirmed that. There's no social media on this. Nothing other than just the rookie saying yes. Uh, He reached out to me and was very nice and said, welcome to the team and congratulations. Okay, great. Now, uh, Brett Favre, in a radio interview on Wednesday, said essentially that the die is cast, that Aaron was probably only looking for a reason to play somewhere else And so, therefore, this is likely going to be the catalyst that sends him and the team in that direction of separate ways. Wow. Now, I want to caution. Part of this story has to be driven by the fact there's nothing else going on right now, so it generates a lot of attention. Secondly, it's a heck of a story, if all true. So you have to take that into consideration. Also, Brett Favre, being a guy that knows about messy divorces from the Packers due to a young gun who is there to take his job, may be projecting just a little bit. He may be applying, at least to his situation, or he may be applying to Aaron's situation, his own feelings when it came to a messy end in Green Bay. I know this. The Packers got lucky the last time when this type of transition happened from one Hall of Famer to a next, I don't think they're going to get lucky a second time. I would be willing to bet a lot of money against it. So for every Packer fan out there saying, well, this is how we did it before, I wouldn't get cocky. I think there is a very low chance that you hop out of Aaron Rodgers and into another Pro Bowl quarterback, much less Hall of Famer, in Jordan Love. But... We shall see. Also, I got into a bit of a back and forth with Jason Reed of ESPN.com. Formerly uh, worked for our radio station briefly on a morning show that was short-lived. Not necessarily his fault. But uh, Jason Reed, I respect his opinions on the NFL. And he said something about the stat that Aaron Rodgers has only one touchdown pass in his career to a first-rounder. That'd be Mercedes Lewis. It's a terrible stat, and it's being thrown around inaccurately, and it doesn't point to the fact that a lot of good receivers were taken by the Packers in the second round, which is, no, not the first round, but it's not like they were just flipping pennies into a fountain hoping to get a sixth or seventh rounder that stuck. Jordy Nelson being one of them, 
who is an elite receiver. I said, well, okay, that's fine and well, but I believe that if you have an exceptional talent at quarterback, at some point in a seven, eight, nine-year run, you should make that play for an exceptional wide receiver talent to match up with him. In other words, to get a unicorn, in addition to getting good, solid, probably not a Hall of Famer, but a real good player in Jordy Nelson, because you can have multiple receivers and they help build everybody up if you have more than one dangerous threat. And that the Packers never once in the span of Rodgers went for that elite first round wide receiver, or as I would call them, a unicorn. The unicorns tend to live in the first round, and the unicorns would be guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Megatron and Julio Jones and uh, Larry Fitzgerald, and you can name a couple of others, A.J. Green perhaps as well, Odell Beckham Jr., although he's gone crazy. And I said unicorn hunting is something that I would have done at least once. Problem, though, is that the Packers were never very high in the unicorn hunt. They were end of the first round. Problem number two is I went and looked back at the first round wide receivers drafted in the last seven or eight years, and whoo, boy, some real busters in that group. From your Laquan Treadwells to your Josh Doxons to your uh, John Ross, John Ross, Joe Ross, John Ross, the speedster that went to Cincinnati. Uh, Tavon Austin would be another one. There's a lot of busts in there as well. So anyway, I was just glad I could have a pleasant back and forth with uh, Jason Reed on Twitter. Yes, a guy where I said, well, I would disagree. And we went back and forth and I admitted some of my own blind spots. But yeah, Reed had an interesting uh, anecdote about when the Redskins selected Devin Thomas in the same class as Jordy Nelson. Get to the 34th pick. And according to Reed, who was covering the Redskins at the time, the Redskins scouting staff loved the speedster out of K-State. Wanted Jordy Nelson badly. They're like, that's our guy. Devin Thomas is taking two spots ahead of Jordy Nelson, like 34th overall. He calls his guy, his source within the Redskins and their you know scouting staff, and he's like, what happened? And the scout apparently told him, you know what happened. Do I need to tell you? Translation, Dan Snyder overruled. I believe that story. Absolutely. Okay. What do you say we find out what Andy Poland is doing? Oh, this thing again. It just kills me. I don't know why it is. Here we go. Mobile. Boom. Hello. Hello, Andrew. How you doing tonight, brother? I'm hanging in there. Hanging you? in there. Uh, how's your hair? It's long. It's uh, <laughs> approaching junior high school level. Uh, yeah. it's. Uh, it's Have you put hair. a picture on your uh, Twitter feed? Of my hair? No. It's it's not, you know, if you looked at it, it's I've, I've allowed it to get close to this in recent years. I, I, I'm really waiting until it maxes out. I guess we're a month away from barbershops being open again, maybe more. Did, right? You know, it depends. I, I don't know. It depends by state, depends on where you're going to go. It depends if you can get in for a haircut as well. What about, why don't you grow a beard too while you're at it? I have a beard. You didn't know that? No! <laughs> You've been yeah. growing it during, during the uh, lockdown? No, actually, you know about my bike accident. Oh, yeah. 
August. So you grew it uh, because your face was not looking so good anymore. Yeah, I had a couple scars, <laughs> so I figured I'd I'd grow the beard, and then the pandemic happened, and that's what everybody's. Oh, that's your pandemic beard. No, that's actually my bicycle accident. Beard. Scarface, Andy Poland. So, yeah. um, well, I'm sorry to hear that. How are you enjoying your beard? Have you gotten used to it? Is it itchy? No, not itchy anymore. It was itchy coming in. I, I had a beard when I was in college. I remember seeing that picture. Yeah, and uh, I grew it to cover the zits. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right. You know, and then, uh, I don't know, in my mid late 20s, I thought, you know, maybe I get into television, so I shaved it off. That really never panned out. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was clean shaven for the next, you know, like 25 years, 30 yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, we got NFL draft to recap because we last talked before the draft went down, right? Yep. So you yep. can talk yep. about your thoughts on that. And, of course, uh, Jordan documentary episodes three and four. But I want to start with this. There was a, uh, a, a, a thing that went around social media. Somebody posted it. And it was of a charity basketball game involving several current Redskins back in the early 90s, maybe? Late mm-hmm. 80s? In which right. they were going to play a charity basketball game in the offseason. And the person that posted this was like incredulous, saying, they used to let players do this? Oh, you know, yeah. You know more about this, Andy. Go ahead and fill us in. Well, I'll go all the way back. Uh, this is one of the really cool stories about the Will Chamberlain 100-point night. Uh, it was in Hershey, Pennsylvania, as as you know, in uh, March of 1962. And the preliminary game was the Philadelphia Eagles offseason basketball team against the Baltimore Colts offseason basketball team. <laughs> and, and the high score of the game, I think he had close to 40 points, Harold was Sonny Carm- Jurgensen. Oh, okay. Sonny! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He, was, he was the Eagles quarterback at the time. And he was he he said has said over the years that he was a better high school basketball player than a football player, but he was only six feet tall and thought he had a better future playing football. So he went to Duke to play football, but he was a heck of a basketball player. And uh, he always says that's the night that Wilt and I combined for 140 points because you know he's in the locker room getting uh, showered up, and somebody says, "Hey, you know, out on the court, uh, Wilt's got 30 points. It's on the end of the first quarter." So, you know, he goes out and watches the rest of the game. And while there, are, you know, like 100,000 people who say they were there that night, there were only 6,000, but Sonny was one of them. So that's that's one of the. So, but yes, so the Reds, yeah. so on the Redskins front, what what would happen? Like a handful of Redskin players would get together and have a team and then go play at, at local gyms to raise a little bit of money? Yeah, they, they would do that. And uh, actually, the, the really uh, memorable thing for me was Johnny Holiday, who was the morning disc jockey at WWDC, uh, had a basketball team called the Radio Wonders. Johnny was a really good athlete. He was a really good uh, basketball player. The Radio was- Wonders, Johnny Holiday here. Did he still play? Oh yeah, he he was the point guard. Up until and, what age? Well, I don't know. He he left WWDC probably when he was forty, you know, Got something it. like that. Got it. So he was he was in his thirties and he was good and they had off season Redskins who played and off season senators and what they would do is they would go play high school faculties. And they would usually win because, you know, you yeah, had professional athletes. athletes. Right. Yeah. And, but, but Johnny held his own. I mean, he, he was good. And, and then uh, the Redskins had off-season teams to stay in shape. And, in fact, we put together the first year of WTEM, 1992, we put together a game at George Washington University 
which matched Redskin players against Cowboy players. And yeah. And we, we had, it was, it was a charity event and we also, you know, had some sponsors who got involved too. So it was good for the radio station, but I'm telling you, (laughs) Emmett Smith played, Michael Irvin played, Daryl Green played. Stars. Yeah. Stars played. And right. teams apparently let him. Now they don't. I think the new contracts in the NFL say you can't play basketball in the off season. I think so, but but I don't know if that's a hundred percent. I think it's it's maybe it's more difficult to put together these off season teams because guys scatter everywhere. But yeah, you know, Cal Ripken had a court in his house, and he said he had it written into his contract that he could play basketball in the off season. Oh, so really? That, yeah. So that if he did get hurt. They wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't say because they they had a pitcher, Mike Flanagan, who uh, was a really good athlete, too. And he tore his Achilles playing offseason basketball one year. So, uh, yeah, Uh, it's just crazy. Well, you know, sports was much more closer to the people, more organic, less big money involved. And you could have things like nowadays that stuff is no chance happening. Yeah. Yeah, I'm learning to have their own, you know, personal trainers and things like that. It's just, yeah, it's just a, a different animal. Yeah. How'd you like the NFL draft? I thought it was great. Didn't you? It was okay. But I think people are overreacting because they, A, expected it to be a fiasco, and B, we needed something so badly. Right. That that would be the point. That, okay. That, that, that yeah. It, it was we, great. Did. It was great, not because it's a better way to do it. It was just great because yeah. we needed it, and it was not a complete train wreck. Yeah, we, we will get tired of kids crawling on their fathers while the draft <laughs> is going on. If this goes on in, in future years. Sure. 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 Yeah. But, well, and the, the Belichick dog was cute for one year. That's enough of that. <laughs> Hey, speaking of Belichick and the Patriots, so, you know, they they got Stidham right now as their quarterback. That's it. Yeah. And they uh-huh. didn't really add any splash uh, skill position players. The thought crossed my mind, Andy, that the Patriots may end up with no national TV spots next year. <sighs> other than Other than the mandated Thursday participation, right? Because every team has to appear on Thursday or some equivalent. Right, right. Yeah, you have to do at least one night game. Maybe it's more than that. It, it seems that way anyway. But but the Patriots yeah. are going to go from being one of the most exposed teams and saturated teams to they might be terrible, and they may not be very watchable either, which is well, hard to believe, right? Uh, the over-under on, on wins is nine. Yeah, I know, but they, they won 11 with Matt Castle. So I know. <laughs> I, I, I I, I, I wouldn't sell Belichick short. I think uh, now, you know, there, there's always the, the theory that, uh, you know, he's trying to get Trevor Lawrence, and you know, they're going to stink. They're going to win two games. I, I don't know. I, 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 until he, until I see him fail, uh, I'm not going to believe it. What is the worst matchup in the NFL? I was asking this question today on the air. I'm like, Jacksonville, Tennessee has traditionally been mm-hmm. the rump end end of the loaf of bread NFL game that pretty much nobody wants to see for lack of stars, market size, lack of tradition, ugly uniforms. It's just awful. But in addition to that, what would be the second or third worst matchup? A lot of people are saying Jets versus a lot of different teams 
including possibly the Raiders or the Chargers. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the intrigue of the Chargers is, you know, how good is Herbert going to be? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be the starter, the opener? I, you know, I, I, I still think you got to put the Redskins in there, that's, don't you? That's the other one. Somebody said, and it shocked me at first, but then as I thought about it, I go, you know what? They're right. Redskins, yeah. Giants. Mm, yeah, right. There's no, you know, other than the markets. Yeah, Daniel no real- Jones and Dwayne Haskins are the same guy. They're two sides of the same coin in that they are guys who are probably overdrafted, who has who both have overextended faith by the people who wanted them. Yeah. Jones has the faith of Gettleman, right? Because Gettleman mm-hmm. has staked his claim to this, whether it goes good or bad. And then, of course, Snyder was the one that said, I got to have Haskins. Yeah, but that's going to be a canary in the coal mine as to who's the quarterback. So I think it's if if, if there is any say by the coaches, Kyle Allen. I, I Shut think up. Yeah, I, you, I, I do. You think Kyle Allen could start week one for the Redskins this fall? Well, look, you're, you're not going to have any mini camp, any off season. It's probably going to be a compressed training camp. So you why? Quarterback. Haskins. Oh, I'm saying I'm sorry for yelling at you. You're saying Kyle Allen knows the system. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be my point. That, that that he'd be ready to go, and and there's been nothing that's come out of the mouth of Ron Rivera that says, "Oh, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that Dwayne Haskins is our starter." Wow, I would yeah. be stunned, Andy, oh, if that was the case. And don't you think that's a bad idea? Uh, that you start Kyle Allen? Yes. No, I don't. I, I don't. What do you think that does? How do you think that will play? If you well, start Kyle, let's let me just walk through this and you tell me where I'm wrong in my thinking. You start Kyle Allen, it'll take mm-hmm. four games minimum for him to stink to switch out of him. Because you're gonna want to give stink? him a chance. What if he doesn't stink? I'm not work with me here. So right. you're committed to Kyle Allen for the first four games. Mm-hmm. If he stinks, you gotta put in Haskins. Haskins is now going to be chasing with probably a one and three record and he will probably struggle before you know it. The season is almost half over. If Haskins does great, then you're pissed at Rivera because he started the wrong dude. If Haskins struggles because he's pressing, he came in mid season. He's pissed off because he thought he was the starter here. You're almost now collapsing the whole Haskins era in two years. You could, or, or you could you could say uh, he you know they said all year long that he really wasn't ready to go they they played him at the end really just to I don't know maybe it was Snyder calling the shots or Bruce Allen calling the shots at the end but there there never seemed to be a commitment on the coaching staff I know. to him and I now know. you have a new a new coach who's who's telling everybody you know look if if you don't tell the line you're gone I mean I I like the way that they handled Quentin Dunbar. I like the way that they handled Trent Williams. I think that's, that's indicative of what he is. And they're not going to mess around with a guy who's become quite clear. Doesn't study that hard is, is interested in the Haskins and Haskins brand. By the way, how's that, how's that going? Uh, I I don't know, but, but I, I did notice that, uh, that Chase Young has also trademarked something which terrorized the moment. Yes, Trent sent shivers up my spine. Terrorized so. the moment, and he apparently has a Bentley already. 
which he, oh he does Ooh, that's bad Ooh, that's bad Ooh, yeah yeah the bentley's a bad, bad sign. Yeah. what's wrong with him wanting a nice car so it's one hundred and twenty thousand dollars probably come on yeah, man uh, i understand but you know i mean look i i thought his press conference was great the other day i mean he's he seems to be very yeah. down to earth and you know willing to work hard but yeah the bentley is is not a great sign did so. uh did roger gale come off as more likable in the way he yes, did. Yes, but, but I think, you know, okay, the, the sweater, fine. When he went to the T-shirt on Saturday, okay, that's enough. And um, he, he, he did come off as a little less Goodellish. He's, he's very stiff on TV. Yeah. You know, he just TV is just not for him. And it's, it's amazing that you can be a commissioner. I mean, Adam Silver looks like a dork, but he knows how to do TV. Right. It this took, guy. It took me a long time to realize why I really hate Goodell. I don't really hate him because he will fuck players over with bullshit investigations and the draconian suspensions. What do I care, right? They're just mm. NFL players. I hate him because he lacks presence. Yeah. And he is a poor communicator. And he's got a weak, lispy voice. And being in the communication game like I am and you are, there's nothing that I look down my nose at more than a weak communicator who's scared to speak and is just who he is that's why i hate goodell but but has has a great air of condescension in everything that he says well of course that's how you get the job that's how you project imperial authority when you are in an organization making an insane 43 million dollars a year which apparently has been taken down to zero by the way do you think the nfl knows something that we don't there's no reason they have to reduce salaries right now is it just a hey? We feel everyone's pain, and we want to, you know, sort of trim our sails a bit. Or do you yeah. think they're like, "Fuck, we're going to get hammered by this too"? Well, they're going to get hammered. I mean, look, they're, they're, now I, I don't know the the increased television revenue. Is that going to offset what they lose at the gate? Uh, possibly. I, I when think you the, say the, when you say lose at the gate, are you assuming that fans will be permitted, but they will just choose not to go? No, I don't think I don't think we'll have fans. Oh, really? Yeah, maybe maybe for the whole season. Certainly for the first half of the season. I also hope this would be a good thing. They they punt the exhibition games. Uh, I don't think they're going to force mean, those. Oh, punt them. Yeah, just not not have them at all. Uh, I think I think <laughs> coaches will scream bloody murder. We'll, well scream bloody murder. We'll have nothing to talk about. Well, no, we'll have stuff to talk about in August. We'll talk about yeah. fanless NBA and fanless NHL. Right. And what they'll do, they'll do, I think, is they'll do some scrimmages like they've had. The Patriots were there a couple of years ago. Redskins used to scrimmage the Steelers all the time when they were in Carlisle. And I think that that that's, you know, so there's going to be lost revenue. There's, I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. Um, okay. But, but you know, they're, they're bracing for it. And I, I, I don't know why it's just in the reported stage of Goodell. Isn't that something you trumpet? You say, hey, he's not taking a dime. I think they don't want to call any attention. To how much mm-hmm. fucking money that stooge makes. That's wow. why they got rid of their tax-exempt status. They didn't like having to report his obscene salary and compensation package. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, un- unfortunately, that's that's sort of in line with CEOs of billion-dollar corporations. Yeah, so. yeah. You know what CEOs <laughs> of billion-dollar corporations have? Experience! What? Qualifications! Yeah. Goodell couldn't go run Gillette tomorrow. Because right. he's but, some great business mind, he is riding in a in a car that cannot be crashed. 
Right. But he, he also is, is willing to do the dirty work. The yes, last guy, the last guy was an attorney who had some, some real ethics and morals. And, you know, when he was, when he was called in to be the special master on this b- ridiculous bounty gate that yeah. Goodell cooked up. He threw that uh, shit right he, out. Yeah. He excused the players. You know, and what? That's not how we do business <laughs> around here. Exactly. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on the Trent Williams saga now being finally over third and a fifth yeah. rounder for a guy who was a pro bowl left tackle in our first round pick and the anchor of the offensive line. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad that they didn't let that linger. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're, I guess the, the move now is to pin it all on Bruce, that he was such a jerk and they could have traded him at the deadline last year. But, you know, this was Bruce and Dan yeah. doing this. And so this is this has come back to bite him. Now, it's, it's interesting that that everything that Trent Williams has said is very complimentary of Snyder. But it would be a shock to me if Snyder wasn't heavily involved in the decision to try and punish him and try to oh. get him come crawling back on his knees that, uh, you know, they were going to fine him until he, until he said, oh, uncle, I'll come back and play. 1,000%. Why, it's almost like, Andy, you're reading my tweets because somebody tweeted about, you know, Bruce's last act as a Redskin executive was to not take a number one for Trent, and it yeah. ended up poorly. And my response to that tweet was, but don't forget – he did that. That play was fully backed to the hilt by Dan Snyder, yep. who let yep. Bruce get out there and take the arrows for it, but he allowed it to happen. And that can never be forgotten and must always be uh, part of the conversation. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. Uh, Alex Smith's comeback documentary, oh, going to be better than it. the RG3 uh, All In for Week 1 documentary. Remember when he did that bullshit for Gatorade? Yeah. Yeah, he had that sponsor. No, I, I have seen this. I've seen an advanced copy of it. And the pictures that have circulated are bad. There is a particular shot in there. That's even which, worse? Oh, where you look at it and you go, how does this man still have two legs? How is this possible? And and I was sort of believing, because you've seen the video of him running around the field and running on the treadmill. And you go, eh, well, maybe. No. He, he he's not playing again. He's lucky he's got two legs. He's lucky he can walk. And I don't want to give too much away, but there is one part of it. And his wife is, is, is in it. And uh, talking to um, the woman who does the, the documentary for Stefania Bell, Stefania Bell. And also they have the doctor who you saw, you know, riding on the cart with him mm-hmm. out of there. And, uh, and she, she asked the, the, the wife asked the doctor, uh, if it was your leg, what would you do? And she said, cut it off. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's so. because uh, I think the doctor knows and knew and that, you know, you get these bacterial infections. They go like a runaway train through your whole body and kill you. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, kill you. First, there, were, there were two things. One, first priority, save his life. Second priority, save his leg. They managed to do both miraculously. But what they've had to do to do that is right. beyond belief. No, he's he he can run around with his kids. He looks walks relatively normally now. He's not playing football again. That's okay. not happening. All right, uh, real quick, Jordan Doc episodes three and four thoughts. Uh, great. Um, I I remember a lot of that. I I don't remember the Rodman vacation. Now it's interesting. Have, have you heard the follow up from Carmen Electra? A little bit of it. I one thing that I have pointed out is that Jordan didn't go to Vegas and start right. knocking on hotel rooms. He fished right. him out of his apartment 
in mm-hmm. Chicago to say it's time to go to practice. So a little bit of a misdirection, willfully done by the producers of the documentary, but that's how the documentary game goes. That's sometimes not exactly the mm-hmm. whole truth. What has Carmen Electra said? Well, she said that, and, and give Sarah Spain some credit. No. She had Carmen Electra I won't on do the, it. Oh, she did? Well, she had, okay, I'll give her credit. She had her on she the had, show. Well, but, but, but she had, not only had her on the radio show, but she said to her directly, this is Sarah Spain, you or I might have gotten slapped on the wrist for this. She said to her directly, were you the only one in the bed with Dennis? <laughs> What's wrong with asking about that? Dennis was a noted playboy. They said in the documentary that he liked many women. Understood, but but she basically asked if there was a threesome, and uh, and she said and she said no. Dennis was very respectful. He only had me in one time. <laughs> very respectful, except for when he banged me all over the Bulls' practice facility, leaving wet marks all over the court. Yeah. Other yeah, than that, yeah. totally respectful. <laughs> <laughs> that was. But you know, I, I remember being in the in the in the locker room. The the Bulls were playing the Bullets uh, in the in that playoff series in in ninety. Seven, and and Jordan, you know, to get Jordan, you had to wait until he had everything perfect. His, right. his, his suit, suit had to be yeah. done, tied perfectly, knotted, cologne, everything. So you waited. So he he finally steps up, and then there's you know a hundred reporters around him, and Dennis is behind the reporters, and he's saying, you know, I'd really like to sleep with Hillary Clinton, and uh, you know, just just other what? wild things. Yeah, just 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 stuff to get attention, and and nowadays it, such a comment would be condemned as damn near sexual assault. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, or or somebody somebody right? would have it on video rather than you know everybody just right. focused on Jordan and. But um, you know, I, I think they've done. A, I think they've done a good job with it. I really do. Uh, and and I don't usually stay up late, but I've I've now gone four <laughs> for four on the episodes. Congratulations, <laughs> Andy. You are really well, it, killing it. By the way, do you know who doesn't care for the documentary but hasn't seen any of it yet? I, I, Ken Burns. I see, yeah, well, Ken Burns needs to shut up because, <laughs> because what, what Ken Burns did, and, and he did some good work and some important work, but a lot of that documentary that he did on baseball was a lot of guys in sweaters you know, intellectuals who, 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 <laughs> talking you know, about Mordecai three finger Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Showing you how smart they are and, and gaslight how, Calhoun and how it was back in the day. Uh, you know, yeah. civil war documentaries. It's great. Cause there's no one alive to contradict the way you frame the narrative with the right, Jordan right thing. Now. He doesn't like the fact that, well, you're working with Jordan to produce it. And therefore that makes it not authentic. Well, that's that's the only way it was going to happen. I mean, of this, course, this is, this is Jordan's side of the story, right? And uh, but but what what what's really is is funny is it's become news and it touches off news. So now you've had this big rock fight going on all week between Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas, which is really funny because it's it's all over the Dream Team that was what twenty eight years yeah. ago. It's a, right. It's a real relitigation of some things that seemingly had yeah. been long past dead and buried. I wouldn't call it so much a rock fight. I'd call it Jordan throwing the first rock, and then every other fan in America picking up a rock and stoning Isaiah Thomas into the ground. Because <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard anyone take Isaiah's side on this. 
Yeah, well, and, and, and there's there was even a report that that uh, was unanimous. There wasn't just Jordan who didn't <laughs> right. want him on the dream You're team. Like, Fuck him, we don't want him on the team. <laughs> no, nobody wanted him. He he he. Everything he's touched, he's run into the ground, including the CBA. And he also he didn't like the fact that Adrian Dantley was taking too many of his shots. So he had Adrian Dantley traded for Mark Aguirre, who was not as good a player. Right. And and he cost Dantley an, an NBA championship. He yeah. he would have had well, at least one, maybe two with the Pistons. Isaiah is a bad guy. Bad yeah. guy. And then I'll leave you with this, Andy. Uh, apparently, marriage rates in America are at their lowest mark ever since they started tracking marriage rates per thousand people in 1890. And the best line in the story is researchers are unsure what the cause is for this. (laughs) Maybe it's a collective wisdom from people saying, yeah, it's not as cracked up as it's not all it's cracked up to be necessarily. But in truth, the millennial generation views marriage a lot differently. And they're waiting more and more. And I think the longer you wait, if you get out of that kill zone, that 27 to 33 box, you get on the other side of that, you start looking at life differently, maybe. Yeah, you do. But I I hope for the sake of my daughter's career that marriages do continue because she's in the divorce business. (laughs) And so you You don't want her to run out of clients, huh? Yeah. You can't have a divorce until you have a marriage. And so. isn't your daughter engaged? Yes, she is. And uh, we are crossing our fingers about the uh, August 1st uh, wedding date. We'll see. We're, wow. Uh, when? Yeah. Where, uh, where is the wedding due to be? It's going to be in Bethesda. Uh, and uh, we're, I think the, uh, the decision day date is Memorial Day. They'll, okay. they'll make a decision and it could be postponed. We'll see. Okay, well, I'll keep my fingers crossed uh, for yes. you, but you must be very excited, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, this is great. I mean, she's known him a long time, and uh, they've been living together for a few years, so. And and uh, your yeah. and your son is not married. But not married. In a committed uh, relationship, though, with a uh, very nice yeah. woman, right? Yeah, she's, she's, in, uh, she's a dental student, and she's uh, been home in Seattle with her family the last month and a half, and, uh, and he's, he's home with us here uh, teaching his classes online. <laughs> old, old Jeremy. I love that yeah. kid. All right, good Andy, kid. as always, good to talk to you, brother. Take care. Uh, good luck with the beard and the hair, and we'll talk next week. All right, Zabe. Stay hey, safe. All right, we'll end on this. Jameis Winston officially in with the New Orleans Saints, a one-year deal for $1.2 million with some other achievable bonuses in there. Uh, He gave a little press avail, uh, a little conference call on Wednesday, said that in part he's excited because this LASIK surgery he had last year really helped his vision, that he couldn't read street signs and he was having trouble picking up license plate numbers. And the mind just sort of reels, thinking, so you're telling me, Jameis, you have one of 32 precious jobs in the world that requires you to see and see well. You didn't at some point say, God, you know what? I I don't see very – what's going – should I get some glasses? How come the team did not test him as part of their annual physical? Like, all right, let's test your vision. Whoa, shit, 2080. We can do better than that, Jameis. Come on. 
Also consider this. He is a former one slash one. Still, for the most part, healthy. There's no major injuries to worry about. He's coming off a 5,000-yard season with 30 touchdowns. And 30 interceptions. But look, those are big numbers. And he's in his prime, and he was available without having to trade for him and could have been gotten fairly cheap by any team in the NFL. He got basically no offers. He's now accepted a minimum deal, 1.1 plus options or plus bonuses for the Saints to be their third string quarterback. Now, Jameis is saying all the right things like it's like going to Harvard for quarterbacks because being behind Drew Brees is going to soak it up. But you sometimes wonder about how the economics of the league work and how certain players get certain things. I mean, Marcus Mariota got $7 million to go to the Raiders, and he's still not a starter either. So what gives there? Good luck, Jameis. That's all I can say. I know this. The seafood, real good in New Orleans. So I think you will definitely enjoy that. Crab legs, shrimp, gumbo, shrimp gumbo, po' boys, crawfish, you name it. We'll see how Jameis does down in New Orleans. That will do it for today. Thank you so much for taking a listen. Remember, tomorrow, Notorious J-A-Y. He'll be available for all of our loyal subscribers. You can be part of the Subscriber Nation. It only costs $5 a month. No trickery. And just sign up by getting the Zabecast app. Download it at your uh, store and uh, sign up. And big news regarding the subscription coming up on Friday. So Friday, I will have big news for my subscribers about uh, the subscription option. And then everyone will learn about it come Monday. Thanks for listening. Have a great Thursday. And we will see you next time.